Welcome to Habits and Hope, the podcast that is not about perfection. It is about purposeful progression. We are trading out feelings of discontent, anxiety, fear, and defeat for joy, peace, freedom, and hope. So this past week, I was reading in my regular daily scripture reading where, you know, basically the read through the Bible in a certain pattern in a year and so forth. And <laughs> this always keeps growing and growing and so forth. And right now I, uh, I kind of fight against it sometimes because I really want to be led. So what I end up doing is like, okay, I'm reading methodically and then at random I'm being led in other ways or doing like some scripture studies and so forth. So I may derail at some point, but right now I'm doing a little bit of a conglomeration and I get a lot out of both actually. And this week when I was in Mark chapter four verses three through 20, I was in the parable um, that Jesus gives about the farmer that scatters the seeds. And he says, you know, basically to summarize, and I always encourage you to go and read it for yourself, but when the farmer scatters the seeds, some fall and are taken right away by the enemy. You know, you can compare that to like it basically falling on a hard heart, it falls on deaf ears, whatever have you. It just, it doesn't grow. It doesn't take root. Um, In this, the parable, the birds fly and take the seeds away before anything happens. And then some of the seeds fall on rocky soil. So it says those are the ones that hear the message and they get great joy from the message. I'm sure you've seen that at some point or maybe you've had those moments, but it doesn't develop deep roots and it doesn't last long and it withers away. And then some falls in thorns and that message, like it starts to grow, but that message is crowded out by, it says the worries of this life. Of course, it depends on which version you read, but by the worries of this life, lures of wealth and desire for things so that no fruit is produced. And then some fall on, on good soil and produce an abundant harvest 30 to a hundred times what is planted. And this parable was like echoing in my head, heart, what have you, like a voice in a cave. This thing just kept resonating with me. And I thought, well, okay, like I'm, you know, searching my heart for sure on it when it speaks to me like that. But then it it became, I became convicted that this is what we need to talk about next. And so I'm like, oh man, I really wanted to be kind of done with the quote unquote done if you're, you're never really done writing your story by the way but um you know I was like well I'd like to come back to this while you know after we're kind of on off topic uh, we're done with the majority of the writing your story that we've been working through this entire year so far but this just wouldn't leave me and then it just so happened that the family part which of relationships which what we were going to tackle next It's coming. I have a special guest coming, but I'm working around their schedule and she's been there before. We absolutely love her. Katie Addington will be coming back and she was very excited when I approached her about it because I thought who better to talk about families with than her. But I realized the more I reflected on this and meditated meditated on this and some other things, I realized like this is 
such an important part that it's it's like a good place to pause and to check our story a little bit against some of this stuff, if that makes sense. And we can weigh our story against, you know, some of these scriptures and, and ensure that God is interwoven in our story before we get too far into creating this story and not letting the weeds crowd out what matters the most. So first, like, I want to hit on the root part. I think that sometimes we hear it and we're like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know what roots are. I know what they do. But I wanted to really let the, some of this sink in. First of all, the roots are, of course, not segmented off from the rest of the plant. It's a vascular system. Similar, I mean, I know the roots are the bottom part of the vascular system, but it's an interconnected system inside of the plant that goes from the very bottom um, all the way up to the very top to bring nutrients back and forth and so forth throughout the plant, right? Um, basic biology. Um, and, you know, this is something that spreads throughout the entire system. It is not compartmentalized. And so I think that that part is very important. And I'm sure you can kind of get why, where I'm going with that. But the root also provides anchorage to the plant. It takes in nutrients and water and allows the plant to grow. And it also stores the nutrients. So again, I'm sure you're kind of getting where some of this is going, but just to help it really sink in deep, like our roots, <laughs> um, the vascular part, you know, the spiritual ties to prayer, scripture, and fellowship, they've got to run throughout. They've got to be interconnected to all of the parts. The roots have to be vessels to reach the rest of the plant. So these parts can't effectively, let's say effectively, you can compartmentalize. A lot of people do. Um, But I think that's one of the things that's missing the most. And the more that we connect this spiritual side to our other sides, to all the parts of our life and so forth, the more we're going to flourish. The anchorage part of it so, of course, the stronger the root is, the stronger we are. And I know you know a little bit about my hurricane story and so forth, and maybe one day I'll tell, like, the 100% story. I don't know. But <laughs> you always get a little bits and pieces. There are always some very large trees. If you go to a hurricane area, you know, we can all point out, like, oh, yeah, those are not the trees that I would want to park my car under in a hurricane because they are not known for having well-developed roots. They might be big trees that they've just somehow like escaped some storms, but they just have root systems that are more like a ball. They just, when they fall over, um, they're just, they're just very easily to, to, to take down in a storm. And then you have trees, particularly the live oak, which are the most, you know, infamous southern trees you see with the moss hanging off and so forth around Savannah and Charleston and, and the like. And it's down in Mississippi. And you'll see those live oaks. And they have withstood, you know, several hundred years of some of the strongest hurricanes ever recorded. And I, I wanted to, like, I was hoping I would find exactly what I found, basically, some really good facts to help, 
you know, us, because of course, you know what, God designed this and he used this parable for a reason. So I think the deeper you go into this, the more meaning you will see because he has divination over everything, right? So um, the deep lateral roots of a live oak can grow up to 90 feet from the trunk of a large live oak tree. 90 feet down. <laughs> um, and there are some places that uh, I don't know if there's 90 feet down because they're so low in sea level, but they have the ability to reach way down and find water and so forth. And did you also know that the horizontal roots that grow out wide can grow about seven times the width of the top of the tree. Now, mind you, those live oak trees, if you've ever stood underneath one, are quite substantial on their own, just the width of the branches. So if you imagine you're standing underneath one of those very large live oak trees, I mean, and, and have you ever seen what they can do to some foundations or driveways that are too close to them? These branches, these these uh, roots really spread out wide and imagine them going seven times the width of that big oak, big live oak tree and so just taking some of that and realizing if we really want to grow we really want to stand strong in a storm and we want to go places and not fall down every time a storm is thrown our way we have to be really really rooted in the wisdom of God. Our roots have to be deep and wide like the old Bible school song. And furthermore, we talk about like the nutrients and the storage. I kind of combine these two um, that, you know, from the facts I was giving you on roots, but our spiritual roots are what feed us. They encourage us all the time. So to picture this, it should be that constant flow there should be like you know constant nutrients flowing into the system and then there will also be that extra storage when there's a little surplus for us to grab onto when times get rough when times get tough okay so that's a lot about roots <laughs> i didn't lose you yet but then let's talk about the thorns because i think I feel like I can't give you a ton of effects on the crowding out, but you, we all know what weeds do. And I did have a little story on this one because it did dawn on me that this little story, my husband and I, he said the other day, um, I think I had come home from working with a client because I was in more clothes, like a flowy shirt and some leggings. And um, I did throw on like my boots, but um, he said, Hey, let's go for a walk. We've been really trying to walk a lot more as the weather's not as nasty most of the days. And I'm like, okay, well, we have a very long path that goes basically the driveway. And then it kind of fades into this like kind of gravelly, not gravelly because clay, but uh, road, I guess, that goes all the way to the back of our property. And being that we have a very long, narrow property, it's a nice little walk. I mean, it's probably a good four to five minute walk round trip so I'm of course assuming that's what he means and uh, we he he is a little known known to uh, meander sometimes but he usually warns me and so for whatever reason he just like veers off into the woods off the trail 
And I'm like, oh, I was not prepared for this. I, I mean, usually, honestly, because there's just a lot of undergrowth in some areas. So I usually actually bring, um, I've learned to bring something along the lines of a machete. It's smaller than that, but so I can kind of whack through stuff because I don't like to get caught up in that stuff. And, um, I'm not prepared at all, and we're walking through the woods, and there are so many thorns, and I've got this flowy shirt on, and I'm trying to kind of wrap it around myself, but it keeps grabbing onto these thorns, and like, a thorn could catch the very, very edge of my shirt, and then like, I would turn to go and unhook that, and it would like, hook in five more places, (laughs) It was so entangling. And this was in the sparse areas. We would reach these other areas where, like this one particular area, we were really close back to the, like we kind of circled back to the main area where we could go back on the trail and walk back on the trail on the way home. He knew I was starting to get a little frustrated about, I was like, oh, I'm done with these thorns. I'm done. Um, And, uh, you know, not, not trying to be negative, but it was, it was exhausting. And... Um, we're so close and we get to this like wall of thorns. And the, the crazy thing is it's wintertime. So a lot of stuff is dead. Um, you know, of course, not the trees and so forth. But a lot of things dormant and there's just not a lot of undergrowth. But boy, these thorns just still keep coming. And there's just this like wall of thorns. And like there's nothing but thorns. You cannot get through them. There is nothing else growing in there. There's no wildlife growing in there. The, the deer are not cutting trails through there. Like so a lot of the, what we were walking were deer trails. And yeah, you can tell. Um, that's what you get when you have a husband who just practically lives in the woods. But um, the, the nothing, nothing is in here. There's nothing alive, and it's just a wall. And you can't get through the thick of it. And like I said, if we even, if if you can imagine me fighting the sparse thorns to get through, I, there I would have just like probably just laid down and die in the thorns <laughs> with that wall because it was so bad. But it was still perfect in this area that if you think about how some of those thorns work and how entangling they are and how they just catch the very edge of you and then they just work their way on it on you there's so much so much in life that that does that to us and um often what we're doing is like we've got like i know i kind of talked about the compartmentalized but we've got god plus all the things and you know we've got like our work we've got our family we've got our financials and all the things like the parts of the story that we're talking about we've got all those things and god and i don't you know i want to of course i think that there is a point where you want to really focus on the spiritual side of like what are the things like that part of the story it's not wrong to do like what we did was to to write those things down but you also i hopefully saw when we're talking about that story that, that god is part of all those parts of the story and i think that's really really key and so when all these other things are creeping in and they're getting too much attention like well, I'm trying to keep all these plates spinning and God is just one of those plates that I'm spinning. You can see how it's very easy to start to give too much attention to the wrong things and we're nourishing the wrong things and we're nourishing the weeds and they're growing (laughs) and we're not giving enough to God. And so they start to take away, they start to choke it out. They start to steal its nutrients and 
we're focused on all the wrong things instead of like putting again, I know we've talked about this so many times, but putting God first and focusing on that and not saying like family is important, but God's a part of that story, a big part of that story. And in your relationship with your spouse is important, but God's a big part of that story. And your financials are, are important. I understand that you've got to feed your family and so forth, but God has to be in that story and that we have to recognize who everything belongs to and how to give him glory and, and how to further his kingdom and all those things. So to also compare to that, um, can you tell yet that I'm a, little, I'm a little bit of a gardener? But I'm not amazing, but I'm okay. <laughs> An asparagus is one plant that if you can keep the weeds down long enough, and there's others that are like this, but if you can keep the weeds down long enough for it to grow to a certain point, like to, um, you know, of course the spears pop up and then they eventually become this big feathery plant. I don't know if you know this, but they get really large and um, not like a tree. We're not talking about like the mustard tree or the mustard seed kind of thing, but um, they still get a pretty good size and they will choke out the weeds and maintain themselves if you nourish them enough, not to say that you can nourish your spiritual life enough that you can just walk away and be done. But... When we nourish it and give it attention, the weeds may kind of be there in the undergrowth. There may be like a little dandelion here and there, and actually even dandelions have a purpose, but they aren't stealing the show. They're not taking over. And what matters most is the thing that is the most visible and and, the, and the, the, what's flourishing and producing, quote unquote, fruit, even though asparagus is not a fruit. <laughs> but... Um, so hopefully that's a heap of analogies, but I really wanted to, to take a bite on this and to focus on it for myself and for you. So if we take this and we just start to reframe things, does this glorify him? How can we flourish? How can we grow the deep roots? What are your weeds and what are you nourishing? Some of those parts of that we can start to to think about and, and to adjust and tweak. So this is, might be a great time to, to relook at that story and say, is God this little segment that I put to the side? And if you haven't heard the others, we're talking about your story, the story that you want to live instead of letting life happen to you, you are creating your story and you're not a victim anymore, you're an overcomer. And this is a great time to go back. And if you haven't done it yet, go back through the others and write those parts of your story. But keep in mind that God's got to be in it, that vascular system running throughout. And what are some parts of what is this like? What are some of these components? It's seeking his wisdom. It's living by his word, abiding in his promises listening to the Holy Spirit's promptings, generosity, prayer, fellowship, and worship. And I think that's the main components. I really tried to think if I was missing something, I couldn't think of anything. And I really felt like that the Holy Spirit gave me those. But if I miss something, particularly maybe something for you, I pray that the Holy Spirit will guide you on what may be missing. I have focused a lot the last week for myself on the worship in a way that I have not before. And 
I cannot tell you what that alone has done for my soul. And I know I've taken you along a lot of the journey of, you know, moving God to the first part of my day and adding more community on and, and just some of these different components. I think I've taken you along for that ride. Every step is just, I'm constantly, I probably walk around glowing anymore because I am overwhelmed by his love. I feel connected to him like I haven't, and I've grown up in church my whole life. And my daughter and I both have had a conversation where I'm like, I feel so, I've always felt so jealous of someone who discovers him later in life because I feel like they are so much, so much more joyful and so much more excited than someone who's just like always heard the stories and always grown up in it. And I feel like I overcame that by some of this journey. And so if you have ever felt like that, go back to the beginning and, and I hope you can start walking in some of the things that I have done to get closer to God. And I'm like, oh, I, I found it. I found that piece that was really missing and that excitement and that joy that doesn't even make any sense. So, um, but worship is a new part of that, that not, not that I, you know, like haven't worshiped in church, but I'm talking about trying to set aside some time and just really meditate on it. And, but remember that it all boils down to two things. That's what, that's what Jesus said. You know, like what are the greatest commandments? Well, there's two things and this goes for like, there's just two things that are going to matter most above all else. And it's in Matthew 22, 36 through 40. The two greatest commandments are to love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. And then to love others as yourself. Love God and love others. And if those two things are the most prevalent thing in your life, I think you're pretty you're getting pretty close. But it also is things like seeking scripture and praying over your worries. Like when, when those things, those weeds start to try to creep in, instead of paying attention to the weeds, turn your attention back to God. You've got to feed the right thing. Don't feed the weed. <laughs> You've got to cut the, the nourishment off to that and focus on God. And, you know, one of my favorite things about doing this podcast has been, well, what does God say about whatever? The scripture is there. You would be amazed at what God says about so many things. I find it really, really hard to find something that, like, most of us deal with that hasn't been addressed scripturally, which is one of the things that makes his word so amazing because it's the living word. And, you know, also, you know, you seek it and you seek the specifics, but sometimes, like I was saying earlier, you know, you're just faithfully reading and letting God give you what you needed. And I don't believe I told this story here. I know I told it on TikTok for Habits and Hope, but if I haven't, if I've told you before, you're going to hear it again, but there's another, a new component of this story. But if you haven't heard it, I love this story. So my daughter was, um, a victim in a scenario that required at this point, we felt an order of protection. I was told by the people who are basically technically supposed to be on my side, um, like, no, you, you don't need to get a lawyer. She doesn't need to be there. 
Like, they made it sound simplified enough. Like, there's enough there. There's enough reason. You should be fine. It shouldn't be difficult. And I had to be there at the courthouse in a certain time. I wanted to leave plenty of time for parking and so forth. And, um, you know, one of the worst things that you can do is not show up to court. <laughs> so I it was getting ready. And I don't know what happened. It was like a time warp that day. And I was like, where did my time go? I was going to get ready and then read. So I had just like, I knew I would be ready and be able to walk out the door and then, you know, could fit as much Bible in as possible. My first mistake. But I don't know where the time went. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my goodness, I'm running out of time. And then I was like, I don't think I have time to read the Bible. And I felt very convicted. Like, no, you have to you don't have a choice you have to read the bible and so i had happened to be still reading through psalm psalm uh like i went through psalm and proverbs together and of course proverbs is a whole lot less time than psalms i actually read proverbs twice (laughs) in the amount of time i was reading through psalm and then i was like okay i've read proverbs enough and um and so um I read, I was reading through Psalm. And so I was exactly where I had been. This was just my faithful, regular reading. And the last words I read are Psalm 136, 23 through 26. His faithful love endures forever. He remembered us in our weakness. His faithful love endures forever. He saved us from our, from our enemies. His faithful love endures forever. So I leave, and I mean, oh, that spoke to me so strong. And um, I'm I'm leaving, and I'm driving along, and I look over, and there's this bald eagle in a field. (laughs) This is not an area. Like, we have some bald eagles over by the river within, say, an hour of us. I've never seen them really right in this vicinity and I when I first saw it I thought it was like a turkey and I looked closer I was like wait that's not a turkey I'm like that's a bald eagle and these crows were like swooping around it and and circling it and very agitated at it and this eagle just stood proud and strong and unfazed in this field all by itself and that image was exactly what I needed along with that verse. That's how this that's how this works. He gives you what you need when you need it. So I'm in there and he the order of protection person brought a lawyer and she was fighting me tooth and nail and and I was struggling because a lot of stuff I needed I didn't have because of what I had been told about like well I didn't need to bring her and I was trying to protect her more um but there was so much that I couldn't say because it was hearsay and I didn't think about all that because I just didn't feel like this was quite the normal court case thank goodness I had enough legal background um to get to the point where I could defend the most important piece which was the evidence that I had on my phone that was very they tried every they could come up with the lawyer did to throw this thing out and I stood strong and I just kept saying to myself you know he remembers us and our weakness his faithful love endures forever he saved us from our enemies and then picturing that bald eagle unfazed by this annoyance which is very much like this lawyer as she was just fighting for everything but um I it got put on hold, so it wasn't a, a lose and it wasn't a, um, a win, 
But the victory was that they ruled that the evidence I have was not going to be thrown out. It was it was evidence, and it was compelling, <laughs> extremely compelling proof. Like should be it. The only reason they didn't end it there was because um, there is a potential other like part of this court case that has to possibly happen first, and. That's what this looks like. So the crazy thing is, um, I love that story. And I was working through um, the book. Well, the Bible study. Hold on, I'm going to grab it here. Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table by Louis Giglio. Um, he's part, this This Bible study is a little bit what sort of inspired this, but what started everything for this particular one was the Mark IV. Didn't come from this, but unless it was in there and I missed it, but um, I'm working through the questions for my women's group, a different women's group. I joined for community and it, I seriously had sat there and said like, was there a time like they had had like peace and unexpected and something like that, that he had kind of given you a, a picture of something anyhow. And I just today, this morning I had written down the, yeah, the, the time with the Eagle. And I was like, well, maybe I should share that in there because I thought it was just amazing how he gave me the word in that picture all when I really needed it. And I really think that that helped me to keep composed, to think through things, not to fall apart. Because if I didn't stay sharp and go, wait, hold on, (laughs) you know, this, like what you're saying is wrong and this is why and so forth. If all those things didn't happen, I could have just fallen apart. And I didn't. And all those things that he gave me ahead of time were a part of that. So I just ran down, down, I go out to my office desk because I was in my little recording studio. It's my quiet space. And um, I went back out to my office to get some work done. And my husband says, there's a bald eagle in our front um, pond area. And there's a whole story about the pond, too. It's a miracle as well. So anyhow... There's, he's like, there's a bald eagle out there and there's these crows that are attacking it. And I'm like, what in the world? How to bring it close to home? I just thought that was crazy that the day I like write that down and I think about sharing it, it happens again in our front yard. And again, the eagle is completely unfazed and these crows are just like bothering the heck out of it. And it's after a dead critter that was around our pond. And it won. And just another reminder of, because that other stuff is not done um, with the court case and so forth. And it's just that reminder of like, he's still reminding me, you know, he protects us from our enemies. He saves us from our enemies and his faithful love endures forever. So it's all going to look different for you. But when you seek that scripture sometimes when you need it or you just faithfully find, you know, read your scripture read the word and it finds you you hold on to that I mean 50% probably of the scripture that I have memorized has come from doing just that like here's a scripture I need and I'm just going to keep saying it I'm going to put it down on a note card or I'm going to buy a shirt I don't care what it is like whatever I need to keep it in front of my face constantly. Um, the Jeremiah 20, 11, 9, 11, I had a ring and that carried me through a lot of things. I reminded myself that, you know, God was going to give me a home in a future and to weigh everything against that. Like, remember, if you're following him, he's, his plan is to give you a hope in a future. 
So 50% of what I have memorized have come by naturally just meditating on his word. The other parts, honestly, were probably more from teaching Awana and that program, which I'm a huge fan of. And I didn't really get it until I was in it. And I, I mean, it could be brought to a way that I guess sort of could if it's not done well I guess it could be trivializing some of it I don't know but I think for the most part you are teaching them foundational scriptures that helps them understand their faith truly understand their faith not just bible stories which I'm really proponent about about but you're giving them scriptural foundations to understand you know why do we need Jesus well, all of a sudden falling short of the glory of God. And um, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is, <laughs> I'm losing some of the scripture, um, eternal life through Christ, something like that. Um, sorry, I lost that, some of those, but those are some of the scriptures that I learned through Awana. And at first I was like, well, it's great for kids. They are younger and they can memorize the stuff and they're in school. Well, no. <laughs> uh, you know, you realize how quickly we're supposed to have that and it's not a guilt thing this is not like shame on you you don't have the scriptures memorized but if you go and you examine jesus when he was 40 days out in the wilderness and he is dealing at the end particularly with with the enemy the satan and he's being strongly tempted what did he use to fight back he didn't just use his parables he didn't just use reasoning or he didn't even just say no he pulled out the scriptures and kept giving god's word into the situation and on top of that the other key to that which is super important is he knew the context of scripture so when the enemy also tried to pull out scripture he knew the context and he knew that they were being twisted so he he knew the scripture and this was so to give us that understanding of you want to fight an enemy and there is an enemy and we have to know that there's an enemy and you you start with knowing the scripture and understanding the context of the scripture and you use that scripture and so that kind of goes along with it's funny because i'd already had that in my notes and then it was a big part of this bible study which i came in late to this bible study so it's um don't give the enemy a seat at your table again and it's talking to, it's it's particularly focusing on psalm 23 when the, the whole thing so read through it because there's so much there that you can unpack in the whole psalm 23 but particularly the part where it says you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil and my cup runneth over i can't say runs over (laughs) i've learned it my whole life runneth over and i can't say it any other way so the premise is that there is an enemy waiting for a moment with his team of distractors now like the book kind of talks about the end it's just like just the enemy but i feel like he's got this whole group with him it's worry it's shiny things it's discouragement it's overwhelm it's busyness it's social media it's all the things he's got a whole team with him waiting and in the best like the best way i can kind of explain it is if you've ever had this scenario if i hope you've never had this done to you <laughs> and i truly mean this like as lighthearted as I can. But have you ever been at work and you have that coworker 
that's very toxic. Like, there's no way to engage a conversation that's not going to lead you down this negative road, just not where you want to be. It's just going to not be good feelings. And you're already talking to someone else and you see them coming and you're like, oh, I don't want to have a conversation with them. And you focus in really hard on the person right in front of you. And you see them coming and they're in their peripherals and they're kind of sort of maybe hoping that you glance over and that you give them that edge to jump into the conversation. But you are intense and intently looking on the person that you're talking to, hoping to not make any eye contact and that they'll eventually give up and move on. Yeah, I don't know how to say it, but that's what I really pictured in this scenario. And that this is like, this is kind of what we're talking about, that he's right around this table and Um, You know, there's a lot of things that we talk about in this Bible study of like, why would he do in the middle of of the enemy? And there's there's good reasons to it. And we don't have to totally dive into that now. But I do encourage you. That's a good book. Um, But the point is, is he's prowling and waiting for just an edge in. And next thing you know, he's pulled up a chair and he is taken over. And he's, you know, taken over the conversation and he's distracting you and so forth. And he's just waiting for that edge into that conversation. You've got to have that laser focus on God. <laughs> that you are at the table and you're like, nope, it's not there. The enemy is not there. It's not one's important. I am focused on you. And to keep him from getting that moment. And then when our cup, he fills our cup and it starts to overflow from that abundance that he gives us. And, you know, like we talked about that wildfire that happens naturally that when we start to overflow, it's so much easier to be generous and to just pour into other people and to love other people and to be generous and, and some of those things. We can't pour from an empty cup. <laughs> so we have to have that cup that is filled. And all that happens at the table with Jesus. And so that's part of it is, is getting that laser focus that those things are going to come all around you. And you've got to practice that focus. But you also have to recognize the enemy. And how do you recognize the enemy? So I'm giving you two scriptures, and you can weigh it against a million scriptures. But two scriptures are great to start with is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And we talked about this in the spouse part. And we could talk about this a million times over. But the whole love is patient. Love is kind. It's not boasting. It doesn't envy. It's not dishonoring. It's not self-seeking. It goes on and on. It's not easily angered. If God is love and we want to focus on God, then we've got to really focus on those things. And if it doesn't fit in those categories, we're probably giving the enemy an edge in. And Philippians 4.8 is the thought honorable, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and so forth. So we focus and go, is it this? Because if it's not, guess where it's from? It's either it's either one or the other. Like we've got to stop acting like um, these thoughts, these behaviors, or whatever um, come from another realm other than it's either heavenly or not. <laughs> There's not one or the other. And so if it doesn't fit those things, it's not a guilt thing. You go, oh, this isn't a me thing. This is an enemy thing. Um, and I need to bring it back to God and put my focus back on God because God doesn't want me to just be discouraged, but the enemy does. 
and even things like we wouldn't think about. I, I've had this note in there for a while, but sometimes it's distractions that we think like, well, this is just my willpower. But if you think about even food, how many times did the enemy use food? If we go back to the day, the 40 days in the, the wilderness, the desert, whatever, with Jesus, he tries to tempt him with food. He tried, He did tempt Adam and Eve with food. Jacob and Esau, we just talked about that in the money episode um, and how Esau gave up his birthrights for food. <laughs> it's not too small for the enemy. And it's not too small to glorify God. So we can think about, I know that sounds crazy, but even in something, the small things, don't discount them because like, well, that's just a willpower thing. God doesn't care about that. God cares about every part. And so does the enemy. There must be a reason that he thinks that food is a easy access way to tempt you. But we have to practice the focus. We can be quiet if we, if, if we can be quiet. Great. Um, you know, we are supposed to find times of being quiet and still. And I still confess that that is a huge struggle for me. But that is where my worship time, though not quiet, it's it's different. And one of the things because of that whole giving the enemy a seat at your table and the presence of my enemies that keeps bringing the song I Raise a ha- Raise a Hallelujah by Bethel Music. Um, and that song is a long song, so it's perfect for that. But um, it, it really helps me focus on some of those words and some of those promises and some of those important things to remember. And so that's one of the songs that I have particularly been spending time with and trying to shift that that time of just me and God chilling, <laughs> right? And not me asking for something, not even me seeking for something, but just being in his presence. And that is something that I've never done well enough and other than in church. So this is outside of church time. So if you've never done that, um, you you may give that one song a try because um, it's, it's not a lot for me, if you, especially if you're picturing that table like in the middle of a battle and war is raging around you but there's you with this luxurious banquet that god has set up before you and you are just in the presence of all the glory and it's just you and him and all the stuff was around you but it's just you and him and just practice the focus recognize the enemy all those things and to remind you that nothing fills like Christ fills. I saw a, I think I've seen this a few times, but there's an example where somebody, it was Beth Moore, I don't remember. Um, she took a vase and she filled it with all these things, things of the world or whatever. And she put them all in a vase and no matter what, there's empty space in there, right? But if you poured water, even with all those things in there, whatever, better yet, of course, if you pour nothing but the water, but all the water will fill all the spaces. There's no gap. And remember that Jesus says in John 7, 37 through 39 and John 4, 10, he is the living water. So think about that, that nothing's going to fill you like him. Otherwise, you're always going to have these empty spaces 
And sometimes where there's empty spaces, that's where the enemy really likes to fit, squeeze in. So when you write your story and you start to change that person that you identify with, you, you start to go, you know what, this person I thought like that was my destiny, that's not my destiny. I hope you take all these visuals with you and become the person that God created. He formed you with a purpose. We are all intended to produce fruit. But that doesn't always mean our fruit all looks the same. But we are created with a purpose. So I hope that if this is your first time ever listening, there's so much more for you to go back. But I hope that this one can stand on its own. And I hope this one didn't derail too much from the other. He just had given me so much to share with you. I'm so excited, as always, to pass on what he gives to me to give to you. If this meant something to you, I see we have new followers. I really appreciate that. Super exciting. Um, That means he's helping or you're helping us spread his word and we're reaching other people. So anytime that this message means something to you, if you share it with someone who you think could need this message or you like it or you subscribe or you review it, I appreciate reviews so much. I think I pretty much like I'm going to start a wall (laughs) in my office um, of those reviews because it encourages me that even if one person hears it, then one person has heard these words that he's given me. And it's so exciting to share this with you. Have a wonderful week and I will be praying for you.